There's only one place you can get a true Colorado mountain pie, and it's your favorite. Locally owned, legendary, unbelievably delicious pizza joint, Bojo's. Mention DNVR when you go to Bojo's and get a free honey cheese bread with the purchase of an entree at all locations. And folks, I had the honey cheese bread. It's what you think. It's honey cheese and bread, but it's so much more once you actually get that combination of flavors into your mouth and onto your palate. So make sure you go down to Bojo's, have a delicious Colorado mountain pie, but get that free honey cheese bread when you mention DNVR. Broncos country is sitting in the south stands, drinking the curds from mile high, the best part of the weekend. Hugging the perfect stranger as they become a friend. Welcome in to a fresh episode of the DNVR Broncos podcast coming to you from downtown Indianapolis inside our Airbnb where things are spacious, roomy, fancy, you might even say. It's some exposed brick. Yeah, yeah. I'd say that's pretty fancy and I love it. We're sitting in this big room. You may be able to tell that we have high ceilings, which is awesome, and we are all just huddled around i don't know if it's to keep warm in this chilly indianapolis day or if it's because we love each other a little of both <laughs> i like how we're all very on brand i have a breck brewery shirt on you guys both have dnvr shirts on right now i feel like we're all dressed for success here at the scouting combine as players are arriving some arrived yesterday more arriving today just it's good to be here with you guys. Good to do a rogue show. We haven't really done a rogue show since I came aboard. Yeah, this is the it's first time. time the three of us have been together on the road. And one of the traditions of our uh, road podcast is kind of take you on, take you inside the trip with us. So why don't we start there? Zach and I uh, came here on a different flight than Mace. We were up at uh, Zach was at my house at four thirty four sharp Dear God. this morning. Got in the car, made it. We had one of the most seamless airport experiences you could ever have. Walked. It was perfect. It, it really was. <laughs> we walked onto the bridge for security, walked straight through it. Line moved as quickly as I've ever seen it move. We went straight through security. Straight, uh, our our uh, gate was the first one at the, when you turn left after you get across the bridge. We walked directly up that. Uh, up to it, ran into Benjamin Albright and Ryan Edwards, turned around. There was no line. We walked right onto the plane. It was incredible. It was it was beautiful. It was magical. And uh, we didn't have to like lock any uh, any seats ahead of us on the flight mm-hmm. because uh, the plane didn't have reclining seats. So we didn't even have to worry about that. Yes. No debate. No debate there. <laughs> no D- debate. Didn't have to push the Ryan, girl. Ryan got to put his head down on the... Do we call it a tray table? Do we call it... A, a uh, ledge <laughs> at best it's a ledge yes of the ledge and he didn't even have to worry about squishing his hair from someone trying to trying to push, <laughs> oh my push him back yes how was your flight inmates it was good uh i flew a little bit later just had to make sure uh child care was uh covered I, I can't leave my daughter home alone even when she's sleeping some so, may say that's responsible. Yes, so had to wait for a child care to arrive that uh, her former nanny does sometimes comes over and helps out. 
and uh, helps Garrett to school when we uh, need a little bit of a helping hand. So Nanny arrived at uh, about 5.30-ish, and then... Oh, you got to sleep in late. Yeah, and then I was out the door. And I think you guys, by going earlier, avoided long lines because by the time I went through security, the line, even in pre-check, was 20 minutes plus. Oh, thoughts and prayers. Early bird gets the word. Exactly. Warm, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> bird gets the word would be a much better phrase. <laughs> it would work for the podcast. Yeah. But yeah, there's been some serious people watching going on today because uh, not to, not on my flight, but uh, uh, stopping by the gate area before moving on to his flight was Dalton Reisner. Oh. And he made a point to just come say hi to you on, on his way out. I just kind of waved out the corner. He was on his way. He was talking with Ray Jackson, who uh, uh, works on a lot of uh, programs with the player programs with the Broncos and had a chance to talk with Ray a bit. Really good dude. Always great to catch up with him. You said Dalton was going on vacation, so he I probably he wasn't going to Indianapolis. Yeah, right? he was not yeah, on the Indianapolis okay. flight. And then, I'm not sure if it was him or not, but I saw somebody in the Indianapolis airport who was headed to his flight in a business suit, open collar, no tie, who looks suspiciously like Joe Flacco. Oh, and what's suspicious about that is I remember when Joe Flacco was introduced as the Denver Broncos quarterback, he was wearing a business suit, no tie, one year ago. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Same way in that he went out. Just like uh, Gary Kubiak, right? Isn't that, wasn't that his line? Yep. I came in in jeans, I'm going out in jeans. <laughs> you can take the Texas, you can get the man out of Texas, but you can't take the Texas out of the man. That's Fair. Gary Kubiak. But you can put him in Minnesota. Yeah, yes, you can. Uh, it's a rainy day here in Indianapolis. We just made the walk, which was a nice short walk. I decided to uh, upgrade our our um, domicile this this year to a nice downtown indie location instead of like usually we've gone just on the outside of downtown, but we're walking distance from everything where we are now. Save some money on Ubers, and uh, we walked over to Permanti Bros, which personally I wasn't a f- big fan of the first time I had it. Got to admit. Came around a little bit on it this time. I forget how big they are. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's a good meal when you haven't had breakfast. Let me just say, uh, Joe Burrow might have a hard time wrapping his hands around that sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, Joe Burrow came in with nine-inch hands today. That was, I guess, a story this morning. If you saw my tweet, I said we were going to talk about it for two hours. I meant two seconds. We're done talking about hand Thank size. Thank you. We're done. Uh, <laughs> you know who else had nine-inch hands here at Drew the combine? Yes. Exactly. Yes, I know. I, re- <laughs> I, I I had to make that joke because it was just sitting there for me, but I knew it was at the expense of Drew Locke as well. Uh, Kyler and, Murray, just a little bit bigger than that. And Jared Goff. Yep. Nine-inch hands. Yep. So make of it what you will. For me, it will be nothing. You know what they say about hand size? The the bigger the hands, it it doesn't matter. Yes. It really doesn't matter at all. Way to get yourself out of that there, Zach. <laughs> Vet move. Um, some there were some interesting things. Oh, by the way, quickly a Pramani Bro sandwich, meat, fries, coleslaw, tomatoes, bread. This thing is like the size of a skyscraper. Thick bread. Yeah. Thick mm-hmm. stack of French fries. Thick stack of coleslaw. Mm. Somehow it works. It shouldn't work, but it does. You might have to like sit on it first. (laughs) You you almost have to do the gross thing of smushing the bread so it's like smush. Yeah, Mm. yeah. But you can't do that. No, and and I accept there's going to be some some spillage. 
And they do give you a knife and fork so you can kind of clean it up off the plate with some degree of grace and manners. But yeah, I've, I've always enjoyed it. And of course, it's known in Pittsburgh, but they have an Indianapolis outlet. He, outlet. I'm not sure why they're in Indianapolis. Is it is it a Pittsburgh thing? Because I've been yes, there once before and it was in Pittsburgh. It's in Pittsburgh and there's also one. Uh, it's right within about a half about a half block of the beach in Fort Lauderdale Beach, Florida. Oh, I've been to that one too. Make their way all the way down. Interesting. Well, there's a lot of Pittsburgh people who live down in South Florida now. You go where the, you go where the people are. So yeah, you just dislocate your jaw and eat the sandwich <laughs> and move on. And now we're back here at our Airbnb recording the podcast. One thing that did stand out to me today from the early measurements was LaVisca Chenault. Uh, I've talked about him so much as this imposing force. And trust me, if you stand next to him, you would feel the same way I did. But the measurements in terms of his height did not come in that way today as he came in at just six feet tall, not the 6'1", 6'2". Some people even thought he was upwards of 6'3". Definitely fell short of that. Again, this is why I felt it was so important for him to participate out here. Because... Where he is going to raise his stock is with his athleticism. And now this is another knock on him, although it shouldn't be a knock-knock. It is... Who's there? <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> uh, um, it, it is something... LaVisca! It, it is something LaVisca. that doesn't stand out. It's it's not great. You know, it's six feet tall. Okay. Uh, but this is why, you know, between that, between the fact that he's a very quiet guy... Between the fact that his medicals are are most likely not going to come back perfect, it leaves you a little worried about his stock. But maybe from a Broncos perspective, that's a good thing. I I was just going to say, knock, knock, who's there? LaVisca. The Denver Broncos. They're (laughs) loving this news quietly. That's not allowed at this year's combine to knock on the door. No, and there's no coaches here to knock on his door either. Uh, But this could be good for the Broncos because here's the thing about LaVisca is no one will know more about him in terms of the the behind the, the doors stuff is the Denver Broncos will know the most about him. So let's say... All the tests here don't go his way. Uh, the weigh-in or the height didn't go his way. He doesn't blow interviews out of the water, which really isn't that important for a wide receiver anyway. But let's say his stock actually falls after this combine. But then Matt Russell, you know, t- talks to the people to see you. He knows that LaVisca doesn't need to be six two and a half in order to play in the NFL. That could help him. And guys, if you're getting Werfs at 15... And LaVisca in the second round, what are we saying after that? I mean, holy cow, we thought the Broncos had a good first and second round last year. We'd be singing the praises just as much this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think everyone would be a little panicky if the Broncos didn't take a wide receiver in the first round with their first pick. But if they were able to somehow turn around and get a LaVisca Chanel, especially in Denver, where a lot of people are aware of the... um, dominance that LaVisca displayed at certain points during his time at CU I think that would really get people excited so now what's your are you concerned about the the frame 227 is that a bit pounds is that a bit heavier than you wanted him at that height I was thinking 227 mosquitoes or something um I was thinking 227 knocks on the door okay (laughs) I was thinking 227 (laughs) bottles of beer on the wall because Um, what's interesting I just did a little uh little sorting here through some um Excel files that I have of combine data. And 
the only receiver who is a six foot five eight inches and, sh- uh, and shorter that I can find in that weight range over the years is someone who was in last year's draft, A.J. Brown out of Mississippi. And of course, he was phenomenal for the Titans this year. He ran a 4.4940. So if Visca does run and runs in that kind of 4.45, 4.49 range, then the height, everyone's just going to shrug. And I'm sure people are going to make the A.J. Brown comp, and that's a good comp to have right that's now. That's a great comp to have. Do we know if he's working out this week? It hasn't come out yet. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I would be surprised. Um, but again, y- you never know with this type of stuff. I do think he would run sub four four nine. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, people might be coming away saying this is a rich man's AJ Brown, um, and and this kind of goes into why he's so hard to tackle. You know, now that you know he's a shorter guy, I'm putting that in air quotes. Um, he's tiny. Sorry, not to insult you guys. <laughs> no offense taken. <laughs> Funny. Hey, I know I'm short. I've I've heard everything <laughs> over the years. <laughs> I mean, I, I would be insulting myself to say that six feet is short. So you want to know my? Uh, oh, what was it when uh, you had the dial-up internet? And was it AIM? Is that what it yes. was? AOL Instant Messenger. Yep. Yes, AIM. Yep. I probably shouldn't be saying this, but my uh, my what was it? name for your, that your, your handle your, uh, my username what was it, it wasn't called, called username screen name, screen name. screen name was short singer 62 <laughs> you're so you were you were a singer you had a singing was, career that I you did, haven't told I us did, about i did have a singing career brought Where, me to uh brought me to europe and china wh- okay what what <laughs> expound <laughs> you gotta tell us this. i was with the singing group in colorado from what were they called colorado children's chorale okay loved it it was from third grade to eighth grade, and wow. yeah, went went all around the United States, China. You like went to Europe. like amphitheaters in yep. China and yep. sang. Yep, <laughs> I've only seen pictures of things like that. If it's children's, it's boys and girls. So I'm assuming this is an all gender version, Colorado version of the Vienna Boys Choir, basically. Exactly. Yep. And what were some songs you guys sang? Oh boy, you want one a day? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> You had to have gotten a solo at some point. I did. I did. Have, I did have a solo. It was a different language, so I don't remember the name. Can you remember the the what solo? language? I can't. It was Italian. That's okay. all I can remember. Oh, so you guys did like old school opera sort of thing. Yep. Yep. Was in a few operas because of it too. Was it the one the song that Will Ferrell sings at the end of Step Brothers? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, okay. Well, we learn something new every day, and now, yes, the cat is out of the bag. Zach sings the song that is the intro. Yes, yes, and I'm short. No, but actually, that's not Zach, even though many people think it is, which is one of the funniest subplots of this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) What were some other takeaways from... Oh, well, I guess I'll finish my thought on LaVisca, which was... This is why he's so hard to bring down. He's six feet, two hundred twenty-seven pounds, and probably runs a four-four-five. He's got thighs the size of an elephant's, and uh, he's extremely strong. So you are talking about a, a Debo, a AJ Brown. You know, th- there was something we used to say, we said about Carlos Henderson when he was in school, which was like he's a running back with hands. Right. And while that never panned out for the Broncos, that's kind of what we're talking about with Lavisca. He is a power back. With hands. That's why I've, you know, made that Derrick Henry comparison, which obviously from a height standpoint doesn't quite add up anymore, but it's legitimately he, he is he's a power back with hands. Does he remind you of maybe even 
a more not not a more boomer bust than Carlos Henderson, but a first round Carlos Henderson, but for different reasons in terms of a boomer bust. Carlos Henderson was a, a bust because just of the mental side of the game and the mental side of of his life. Where with Lavisca, if he were to bust, it, it's not going to be because of that. It's because of all of the injuries with him. But the upside is huge. Yes, Lavisca will not be shoveling copious amounts of marijuana <laughs> into his mouth. Um, it's going to be yeah. I I do think there are similarities. Just. They're both big play type threat guys, big yards after catch guys. At least we thought that was yeah. Carlos Anderson. Carlos, like, how he never even showed a flash. That's the craziest thing to me. He had a couple of plays in OTAs, and that was literally it for him. The thing that I remember about Carlos watching him day to day was that the more you threw at him, the more he struggled, which goes literally, to the like, mental. The more you <laughs> threw at him. Yeah, yeah, but like the mental <laughs> aptitude side of it with him. That's it's like when he was doing the simplest of concepts, he was fine, but clearly he couldn't handle it. And you could see like as training camp went on, he had a good first day of training camp that year. And then every year got and every day that year got worse because at because then you're expanding on the concepts that you've worked on the previous day. And the more that was on his plate, the more he failed to be able to balance it all. I yeah. mean, he legitimately might go down as one of the worst third-round picks in NFL history. Especially when you consider the next receiver off the board is already a pro bowler. Broncos have a couple of those in the third round. And is it scary that they have three third-round picks? Does that mean they'll hit one, or does that mean they'll mess up all three? All right, well, what were their last three? Uh, last year, third round was... Draymond Jones. Draymond, Draymond Jones. Okay, looking okay. good. Busting that, that, looking like that. was Isaac Yadam. Yep. And wasn't there two third-round picks that year? Royce Freeman. Mm. Oh, for two. Yep. Um, The year before was Brendan Langley. Yep. Yep, and Carlos Henderson. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Trade them all for But then the year before that was Justin Simmons. Yep. So they're one, one for five. Uh, two, one and a half yeah. for five. One and a question mark for five. So that gets you to 30%, which if you get three <laughs> picks, you might hit one. <laughs> you might. You're close. <laughs> yeah, it's been rough going. Um, but yeah, to go back to LaVisca, he is certainly a, a similar prospect in the sense of he, that's what you would want him to do. Get the ball in his hands and let him go. Unfortunately for Kyle Henderson, on the most simple play of getting the ball in his hands and letting him go, a kick return... He broke his thumb and didn't play the rest of the season. Oh, yikes! Not not being hit, uh. just trying to catch the ball. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some other fun, uh, exciting, exhilarating numbers from earlier today at you. Six foot three and a half, two hundred and twenty one pounds, nine inch hands, throws the football for a living. Joseph Burrow or Drew Locke, the same. They're really? like the exact, uh, very close, if not the exact same. Very similar in Joseph Burrow. Do we have a middle name for Mr. Joseph? I only learn someone's middle name when I'm writing a feature about them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're doing that this year because of one Drew Locke and Joe Burrow's about to go number one overall. To the Panthers. Could be. Could be. The Brady Burrow reunion. Yep. Another number I'm going to throw at you is uh, 10 and 1 8 inch. That's the hand size. Of one Henry Ruggs. Woo. Five foot eleven, one eighty eight. Love it. He's been doing that hand stretching therapy probably. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Ask Brandon Allen about that. 
Yeah. That was his jam back in 2016. But kind of the opposite of Henry Ruggs. Like, he had to do it to get over the threshold. Henry Ruggs with some nice hands. Yes. What else? Throw more numbers at me. I want more numbers. More numbers. Okay. Let's just uh, scroll through. Jordan Love. Obviously, Broncos are not in the quarterback market in the first round. Ten and a half inch hands. 80 inch wingspan. This will be a better game if you guys just say numbers and I have to guess who it is. Okay. <laughs> All right. Then we got to, it'll have to be some uh, some big names, so it's it's worth uh, guessing. Oh, no, I'm not going to be that nice. Okay. All right. I'll give no, you, I'll be that let nice. me give you, uh, let me give you this one here. And this was, this is someone I raved about at the Senior Bowl. Too six, many hints. Javon Kinlaw. Six foot four, <laughs> 223 pounds, nine and five, eight inch hands. 77-inch wingspan, 31-and-three-quarters-inch arm. That's too tall to be Kinlaw, isn't it? Yeah, and they didn't measure it. It's, it's, right now, we've got only uh, receivers and uh, quarterbacks. Do we have tight ends yet? Uh, not that I've seen. Okay. Oh, yeah. What was the weight again? 223. 6'4", oh, yeah. Definitely not Javon Kinlaw. So, big, bigger receiver. A big receiver from the Senior Bowl. Oh, uh... Gandy, whatever. Gandy Golden, yes. correct. Woo! There you well go. Well done, Antonio Gandy Golden, out of Liberty. Six foot six and two eighths, two hundred and thirty six pounds, ten inch hands. Uh, Jacob Eason. No. Think of. I think just think of the Broncos. <laughs> I don't. Know. Think of John Elway. Paxton Lynch. Close. Tall. He's tall. Is it a, is it someone at this mm-hmm. at this combine? Yep. When I say tall, the quarterback position. So not Eason. Isn't Eason? I thought Eason was the tallest one. Nope, not this guy. You're gonna be kicking yourself after this. This guy. Oh, uh, Herbert. Yep. Okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He's he's taller than Eason. Yeah, uh, about half an inch. Wow, I did not think that. I did yeah. not know that. There was a quarterback who came in with eight and a quarter inch hands. Oh, oh, I heard this one. That's rough. Oh, uh, yeah, poor guy. Someone that I saw Broncos scouts talking with down at the shrine, Kevin Davidson out of Princeton, who actually flashed at times down there. I thought he was the steadiest all-around quarterback down at the shrine. But admittedly, the, uh, the hand size there is probably going to take him off boards entirely, and I thought for the Broncos he was of the ilk of cor- of player that you'd be talking about maybe as an undrafted free agent, not somebody that you'd be uh, signing. The next Brett Rippon. But why? Brett Rippon had nine inch hands. When was the last time that hand size derailed someone's NFL career? <laughs> Never. <laughs> then well, why do? Well, why well, what did Daniel Jones come in with? Because he had serious issues holding on to the football. During so, the season? Yeah, right. so if you're going point. to point to someone, uh, their hand size mattering, it'll be if his are sub nine. Nine and three quarters inch. Ah, big. So it just... It's, it's, it's fun because there's literally nothing else today except us traveling. But please, please, we're joking about this. Don't take these seriously. Although, Too serious, I guess. Going back through hand sizes over the years, guys, as there have been Mace would only, know. only four quarterbacks measured at the Combine who had a hand size of eight inches or smaller, and one of them is a former CU buff. Joel Klatt? 
Coy Detmer. Oh, wow. Hmm. Coy Detmer had eight inch hands. Ty Detmer had eight and one eighth inch hands. Of course, Ty Detmer went to BYU. And Ty was a good player. Ty, Ty got the Eagles to the playoffs one year. Yep. All right. So, obviously, as you guys can hear, there's not much to glean from today as you are um, getting into <laughs> your combine coverage. But... Tomorrow will be an interesting day as we will speak to both Vic Fangio and John Elway. Uh, Zach, what are you hoping to learn? One thing from each of those guys. Oh, boy. I mean, it's really all about John and learning what guys he's going to let hit the market and which guys he wants to really get locked down in the next two weeks. Because if John, like we talked about a little last week, if John lets a guy touch the market, see ya. Bye-bye now. And yep. he hasn't been shy about talking no. about which guys they're going to let test the market when he's been in this format here at the Combine the last several years. No, he 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 hasn't. And also, names that I really want to learn about tomorrow, Derek Wolf, Shelby Harris, Chris Harris Jr., Justin Simmons. We know he's going to be a Bronco. It's just, it's just a matter of which way, and I imagine that's going to be the franchise tag. Maybe you just kind of ask John Elway. I think it'll come up, hey, where do things stand with Justin Simmons? Do you think you can get a deal with him done now? It came out a couple of days ago that uh, they added, I th- they were going to add a couple of days onto the franchise tag deadline in part because they still have hopes that they can get a new CBA ratified over the next couple of weeks. And so they want to make sure that teams kind of can plan for that, uh, knowing that uh, a new CBA could be in place by then. Of course, it uh, I wouldn't say it hit a snag I would, last week by uh, the players not voting on it. I just, it was kind of expected, but still they're, they're pretty far ahead of schedule. I think uh, with John Elway, uh, I'm, I'm always curious to see now that he's had a month or so to get into the draft, where he sees the strength of the draft and where he sees weak spots, because sometimes they don't always jive with the areas that are kind of popularly popularly assumed to be the strong points. I mean, we talk, for example, about how wide receiver and offensive line appear to be the strongest positions in the draft. But what if Elway sees it differently? And if he sees it differently, that's going to impact his free agency plan. If he sees the strength at wide receiver on the, and on the offensive line, then I think you can expect the Broncos to focus on those in the draft and focus on the defense and free agency. But maybe he has a different feel for the draft. And so I'm curious to see what he says there. I'm interested in John Elway speaking about one name. Drew Locke. Drew Locke. <laughs> I want to hear, for the first damn time, John Elway make a firm commitment to Drew Locke. I fear that he will say something politician-like that will allow him to create this fake sense that the Broncos might do something at quarterback. Okay, is this a fair question for me to ask John tomorrow? John, are you going to explore the possibility of adding a veteran starting quarterback this offseason? A lot of... um... I'll take I'll take one of those away. I'll take one of those away. Um, Are you going to explore adding a veteran quarterback this offseason? Because that can be read to say, "Oh, you're in the Chase Daniel market." That's veteran starting quarterback. Okay, the starting starting is the key word in that. I was going to say that that's too easy to answer without answering. Um, You have to get starting in there. I think. Well, start. I I meant to have starting. I think um, the question would be. 
something along the lines of is Drew Locke your is you're right because that has an out to you can just say for now. Yeah, are you going? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be? Would you? Are you going to explore the addition of adding another, a, a different starting quarterback this just, offseason? Just yeah, a starting quarterback, a veteran one. Well, because what if he wants to draft Herbert? Well, then I'll ask that one. You can ask the draft, <laughs> <laughs> and then Mace, you can come with like undrafted. Why can't you simply ask what's the outlook for Joe Flacco? Oh boy, uh, I hope we're. Were you meeting with Joe Flacco in Indianapolis earlier this week, John? <laughs> <laughs> I, again, I'm not sure that was him, but damned if it didn't look like him. Although we're talking he about shaved his beard, if that was him, there's I I really strongly feel that Joe Flacco is unmistakable. Yeah, that's that's when Mace told me this earlier. That's exactly what I said. Especially if he shaved the beard, you could be like, huh, maybe that's not him, because he typically has a little bit of facial hair. But he had some stubble going on, but a little bit. It was some stubble trouble. We're talking about like a six foot seven man. Yeah. Well, with that's what, what, what jet black what first hair. made me look was the fact that he was tall and he had the same hair and the same facial features. It was him. It was it was him. <laughs> it was him. If you think it was him, it was him. <laughs> but I just woken up from a nap on the plane. So. I trust I trust you to be able to notice Joe. Oh Black. my gosh! Yeah, I'm a hundred percent convinced. I could never. See Joe Flacco and not know if it was Joe Flacco. When you walked by, was he maybe even just muttering to himself, listen, guys, listen. <laughs> listen, listen. He was striding with listen. a purpose through the Indianapolis airport. Oh, and the other he's thing is, never done that for the Broncos. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> Did he just get a gig with the Colts? Nah, I can't imagine the Colts going his direction. And Jim Irsay made was kind of open-ended on what he said. Sunday when he had a press conference, the owner of the Colts having a press conference a couple of days before the combine. Quite fascinating. But he was open-ended. There was support for Jacoby Brissett, but he was open-ended on what they would do at quarterback. And that better not be what we hear from John Elway tomorrow. That's what I'm so... Like support for Drew Locke, but open-ended. Right right now, we're rolling with Drew as our starter, but we're always open to everything. Like... I don't want to hear right now. No, that's that's literally a death wish See, for I, anyone. I, I would be content with hearing, yeah, the 2020 season, Drew Locke's the guy. I'd be That'd be fine by me. And I think that's the most prudent way to go is to say, as I've said repeatedly, this year is about Drew Locke's development. It's about seeing if he can be the guy. I just, that's exactly what it is. I just want them to commit to him. I just want to hear them say something that makes me believe that they believe in him. Because right now it feels like they, they feel stuck with him or something like, like the, I've yet to have anyone, the best, the most, um, the greatest endorsement of Drew Locke so far has been a Mike Kliss tweet. And when she said the Broncos will not be pursuing Philip Rivers, they're rolling with Drew Locke in 2020. <laughs> and uh, I think as you two especially have really detailed that Philip Rivers, I mean, saying you don't want Philip Rivers isn't that big of an endorsement for the guy you have, right? Right. It's yeah. It's like you know, uh, I I'm trying to upgrade my girlfriend, but just not her over there at the bar. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, I'll stick with her another night. Put put a damn ring on it. <laughs> and drink. Yeah. Put, as well. Put a ring on it and tell Drew that you want to marry him. I thought you just had a ring in your hand. I thought that was a ring. I thought you were proposing. Oh, yeah. Let, let's just or let's just say this. This year is the promise ring year. 
Oh. All right, I'm down. This year's the promise ring year, and then if all goes well, he proves he can be the guy, then you are putting the ring on So it. John Elway needs to give the promise ring right now. Yes. And then turn it into a full-time ring. If he do, uh, if Drew Locke does well this year, then you're talking about the big fat rock on the finger. Yes. Did yep. you know that, and maybe one of our um, subscribers will come through and tell me that I'm wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure in Ireland, if you are single, you wear a, a ring on your right hand on your ring finger. So like, so you know. So you know this person's single cuz like that's when when you're single and you're l- trying to meet girls out and about the the easiest way to talk you out yourself out of something is like, well, she probably has a boyfriend anyway, you know? <laughs> right. Right. So this is like a easy way to be like, wow, okay, that person is single. I think there's also something, I don't know if it's a different country, but I th- think it's a ring and there's a heart or some shape on it and if oh, it like points think, one way i think you're on it means your heart is yes, open yes. for love and if it's if the it's other pointing way, away it's from you it means it's open if it's pointing towards you it means but see, I'm confused. this sounds like a k jugler's commercial <laughs> <laughs> open hearts <laughs> for 4.99 or 10 installments of 49 dollars. but how does a heart point which way does a, i'm always confused when when Something says it points one way, like an object. This December, I'm so excited well, to reveal my open hearts collection. It would be presumably back, like the, the point. Would, if the point is down towards the knuckle, be one thing. And so the was, point, the end. Yeah. So the tip. So if it's uh, if the heart is what you consider right side up as you're wearing it, then the point would be down toward the knuckle. And if it was upside down, which the knuckle? There's down. two knuckles. <laughs> right, the, the the knuckles here. Like, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> See how this can yeah. be confused. It'd be down. It would be down toward the hand. Commercial. Okay. Wait, so, no, 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 wait. So if if you are if you are involved, the point would be down toward uh, the hand, and if you are not involved, the point would be down toward the fingernail, or pointing um, up. Yes, he'll be up, basically like, upside down. My heart is for you. It points <laughs> right. at the person that you might be meeting at the bar. So, mm-hmm. man, that's a great way. You just you just scoop up to introduce yourself. You just scoop up ladies' hands and see which way it's pointing. <laughs> yeah, that'll go over well. I'm sure. <laughs> Excuse me, uh, can I have your hand, please? That could get confusing if you're asking for their hand. How so what if you're outside and everyone's here? wearing gloves? Mm. Hmm. Outside, like an outside bar? Or just, you know, you're walking out. It, it's Are we still in Ireland? Is this presumably in Ireland? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a cold evening in Dublin. You're going from one pub to the next. It's a very Irish day outside here. It is. It is true. Yeah. And there's an Irish pub right, <laughs> right around the corner. Yeah, we, can, we can throw a stone. So, okay, keep, take us through the scene. Yeah, so it's a cold night in Dublin, and uh, you're wearing <laughs> gloves, and you can't tell if uh, uh, this girl who's, uh, you know, you know, may, may, you know, has some fetching eyes, you can't tell if she's uh, into you or not, or if she's available or not. Well, you walk over, you take the glove off her. <laughs> Excuse me, can I remove your glove, miss? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I guess, in this very... Uh, specific scenario. <laughs> you would have to live life like the rest of the world where you don't know. Yeah, I'm overthinking this. This is someone's going to correct us in the comments about this part of a, a culture. I think we nailed it. I think we did. Okay. Or else we're just going to live by that. Yep. Uh, and speaking of overthinking, I think we were overthinking this first segment. So before we move on, a shout out to Breckenridge Brewery, who is always available no matter whether you're in Indianapolis, Denver. Um, I was going to say Denmark. That's always my go-to after Denver, but I don't think you can get Breck Brews in Denmark quite yet. What's another D-E-N city? 
D E N Den Pasar in uh, Bali, I believe. No, in Den- the United States. Denport. <laughs> oh, of is course. that a place? Yes, in Rhode Island. There's yeah. a Denver, North Carolina. Okay. There's a uh, Denver CBD place here. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, a shout out to Brackenridge Brewery. We love them. We'll probably have a couple Breck brews tonight as we are heading out to uh, St. Elmo's Steakhouse. A first for Zach and I. Yes. Uh, Mace is a a tried veteran at St. Elmo's. Not quite as much as Ron Swanson, but probably close. (laughs) Um, So Breck brews, shrimp cocktail steaks what else what else is good on the menu there mace i've had a good ahi tuna there hmm. mm, wow it's All gonna right. be it's gonna be a fancy night for the dnvr boys and uh, man if you guys were out here about to hit up saint Elmo's, you may want to stop by the green solution before that which has 18 colorado locations it's the place in colorado to get everything you can name from marijuana edibles concentrates You name it, it'll get you ready for a really good meal. I can tell you that. So make sure to download their app or go to mygreensolution.com and use that code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. And with their express checkout, you'll be in and out in no time. So mygreensolution.com, download their app and DNVR20 for 20% off. And you know something, green is appropriate because I know we have listeners in the Denton, Texas area. Oh, Because, of course, the university down there is the University of North Texas, known as the Mean Green. The Mean Green. Home to Seth Luttrell, who is a hot (laughs) name in the coaching uh, world this this upcoming, or this last search. All right, let's jump into the questions. Do you guys have the first one in front of you? Yes, I do. And I can. we'll start off with this question from Kai Olson. Thanks for reading my mini novel in support of Everton. RK was right when he said Toffees is a kind of soft nickname. It comes from their grounds being built between two competing candy shops. This dire competition led to Everton allowing one of the shops to distribute free toffee samples in the crowd with what some believe to be the first ever mobile stadium food vendor. This tradition still stands, so a trip to Goodison Park comes with a sweet bonus. Everton's other nickname, which I prefer, is the Dogs of War. Very different nicknames. Wow. The Dogs of War and Toffees. And, and Kai, I actually think, I thought Toffees sounded very weak, a very weak nickname. I actually think this background makes it a little better in my mind. Uh, it made it weaker in my mind. <laughs> it seemed very um, short-sighted. Okay, so I've reached a new stage in my fandom for picking a English soccer team. Okay. Before we were trying to decide who my team was going to be, I've now reached a point where I have to be convinced why my squad shouldn't be Wolverhampton. Look at this player that I found out about this weekend. His name is Adama Traore. Mm-hmm. This man plays soccer. I'm not going to lie. I saw that when you were pulling it up, and I thought it was Derrick Henry. Yes. yes. <laughs> he's like, I was going to say the LaVisca Chenault of soccer, but more, he's like the Derrick Henry. And he scores awesome goals. I mean, look at this guy. That It looks like Derrick Henry wearing a soccer jersey. Unfortunately, I was told by a soccer expert that he probably won't be with Wolves too much longer. So are you following and, wherever he goes? Nope. And this is part of the problem, with uh, unfor- unfortunately, with supporting a good club, but uh, one that isn't in the top uh, three or four, uh, like 
like wolves is because you have to sit and watch as if any star player that you develop goes on to Man United or Chelsea or Tottenham Hotspur or sometimes goes elsewhere in Europe. They end up playing for Real Madrid or Barcelona, for example. Or at Paris Saint-Germain, although they're going to be in the same kind of trouble that Manchester City is in all likelihood. Could look at this man's thigh. Oh, that that he's is built insane. like a truck. Is he good? Yeah, he's, he's really, really good. <laughs> so that's not the the end selling point for me, but it's like, man, just another thing. They have a couple other players like uh, him did not players. exist in soccer twenty years ago. That's the thing, or yeah. in football. Yeah, this guy's a freak. <laughs> well, Christian Okoye did, and then he got the wood laid to him well, by Lumba. That's true. That's so, true. anyways, I'm not making a firm commitment yet, but I now need to be convinced why my team shouldn't be Wolves and should be another team. Okay. Yeah, you need to be swayed the other way. That's fair. apparently their coach is like funny too. He like has good quotes. <laughs> it's, it's all adding up for me. <laughs> I had a quick question on the position coaches not going to the combine. Sometimes I think coaches overvalue drafting players with similar personalities to them. To report instances, instances, pardon me, I can remember, where a position coach really fought for a player and won were Bill Kolar with Adam Gatsis and Zach Azani with Juwan Winfrey. <laughs> Should have taken Preston Wilson or Ola B.C. Johnson with that pick. Cough, cough. I was trying to do a cough there at the start of that. I failed miserably. <laughs> do you guys know of any other situations where a Broncos assistant coach really fought for a guy and it worked out? That worked out. It's funny. I was saying this to you guys at lunch. Uh, this was my theory as well. They were just saying, like, you know what? We're sick of hearing these guys' opinions. We're going to just take things into our own hands. And it could have been John Elway and Vic just having a conversation about this. And uh, one of them kind of said, or they went through. John was saying, no, I'm a good drafter, Vic. Hey, look, this this guy, I listened to this coach too much. This guy listened to this coach too much. And Vic said, well, you know what? Last year on, you know, one or two that didn't work out, we listened to our coaches too much. Why, why don't we just not bring these guys? And so it was Vic's idea, but kind of brought on by both of them. And isn't that how it should be, though? It, at the end of the day, if it comes down to your general manager liking someone or not liking mm -hmm. someone and a coach overturning them, shouldn't it come down to the general manager? And so maybe if he maybe has final John, say, yes. Maybe John has tried to give his employees too much power and, and, and actually taken a step back, which a lot of people don't think he does. A lot of people think that, that he has too much power, but maybe in the past he's given them too much power. And now he's saying, you know what? So I don't make that mistake again. I'm just not going to give them any power at all. We were talking earlier about what John Elway will have to say on Tuesday. I'm also curious to, to see what Vic Fangio has to say about some of those subjects and also this subject, because he is surely going to be asked about doing things differently at this combine. It's something that will probably come up, uh, not just in the local uh, interview, but also the one that involves national media that he does at the podium. I'm sure that'll be one of the first questions he's asked from a national person is, yes. why didn't you bring your staff? And it'll be interesting to see what he has to say here. Okay, the next one seems to cross the line of length. <laughs> oh, my. I think I just read a couple articles written by us recently. But I think we're a little light today, so I'm going to give him a break just this time because I wasn't able to read it fast enough to get a <laughs> synopsis of what we're going into here. So it comes in from Oklahoma Bronco 58, who please do not write comments. This 
This is for RK and Mace for the hate they threw at the OKC Thunder on the pod. Oh, yes, you left and we started trashing Russell Westbrook. And oh, of course you wait till I leave. He says, don't we think our hate is misplaced for them leaving Seattle for OKC? This is a Mace thing. I don't care about why they left. If you recall, Howard Schultz, the owner of Starbucks, wanted a taxpayer-funded arena built to replace the crumbling key arena for a new one. After the city told him no, he decided to sell the team. On top of this, the president of Seattle City Council even came out and refused to negotiate a new lease on the arena whilst also stating that there was zero economic and virtually zero cultural impact felt by the departure of the Sonics. While he apologized later, the damage was basically done. The team also reportedly lost $60 million in the five years Schultz owned the team, all while he was trying to lobby to the, Seattle, uh, to the city of Seattle and Olympia for renovation money. Okay, I think I understand the gist of this comment at this point. <laughs> Mace, your rebuttal. All right, let's talk about this. First of all, if you're wondering let's, about... But, like, let's not talk about it that much. <laughs> all right. I'm just going to say this. Clay Bennett, the owner of the Thunder, who bought the team while it was still in Seattle. Look, by the way, Seattle hates Howard Schultz. That's just that's another story entirely. But Clay Bennett's a liar because Clay Bennett got up at his first press conference after buying the Sonics and said there would be every effort to keep the team in Seattle. But as there were... Lawsuits filed when the team left. There were some things uh, that came out. Like, for example, in August of 2007, Clay Bennett emails David Stern and says that uh, he and Aubrey McClendon, then a, a co-owner of the Sonics who became the Thunder, quote, I have, we have never discussed moving the Sonics to Oklahoma City, nor have I discussed it with any other member of our ownership group. Four months earlier, there was an email between two of the owners, Clay Bennett and uh, uh, Tom Ward. And Ward says, is there any way to move to Oklahoma City for next season? Are we doomed to have another lame duck season in Seattle? Clay Bennett, quote, I'm a man possessed. We'll do everything we can. (laughs) What I'm saying is that Clay Bennett is a liar. He's a carpet-bagging liar. All right. I will uh, take your word for that. All I'm saying is I like Russell Westbrook. And it um, goes against the grain. All I'm so saying I like is I it even more. Didn't like the Sonics, and I don't like the Thunder, and <laughs> I don't like Kevin Durant, and I don't like Russell Westbrook. Oh, I really don't like Kevin Durant. That's for sure. And neither of them are there anymore, so I don't really know what not to like anymore. Although they I don't are like surging Paul. a little bit with Chris Paul, who is kind of annoying Overrated. too. And the other thing is, Seattle wasn't going to build a new arena for anybody because they just renovated Key Arena in 1995. Sonics moved back, moved in back then, so literally. Howard Schultz was asking for a new building when they just basically rebuilt it within a decade. I mean, that would have been foolish to build a new building. That's going to do it for us on the SETL Sonics podcast. (laughs) Iceman (laughs) chiming in. Hey, friends, 72 DNVR folks going to Indy. That's damn impressive. Just let Zach loose, Ryan, and he will kill it for the DNVR family. Love it. I'm going to be loose this week. Mace, (laughs) have fun in Indy, sir. RK? Enjoy all the buffs. You checking out buff people this week or what? Yeah, Adama oh. Traore. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I love you three. Just have fun in India. Indiana, kids. Oh, my God. Your flight story almost made me cry. Thank you guys for the hard knocks comments. Go Broncos, Drew, Alex, Beth, and Mrs. Annabelle Bolin. What? <laughs> oh, God. I love Iceman I so much. <laughs> uh, from Mountain Drew. Gentlemen, Michael Pierce. Thoughts on him and Fangio Systems. Still young and not too long ago was regarded by many as a top free agent. Not known for his pass rush, but Akeem Hicks wasn't necessarily a big rusher until he was in Fangio System either. Thanks as always, Mountain Drew. I just The problem is Mike Purcell is perfectly serviceable as a nose tackle. And uh, I mean, P. 
Pierce, you could get him on a va- on a value contract because last year was arguably the worst season of his last four years, for example. But uh, I don't know. He's I, I know there's someone that predicts that Michael Pierce is going to be a Bronco. I'm lukewarm on him. I can just kind of take him or leave him, to be honest with you. I wish he would pierce through the line a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what about this contract? Three years, $5 million per year, 15 mil. For Michael Pierce? Yep. I'd like to get him for less. What's the guarantee? Uh, we'll go half of that, seven and a half. Ooh, I'd rather have a guarantee around five. <laughs> Mace is always tackling <laughs> the guarantees. <laughs> I would You're pro- like Chris Harris Jr. Not sign that contract till it's one more dollar than I, uh, uh, Kareem Jackson. I would be terrible as a negotiator because I would probably piss off, pardon the expression, way too many people I'd be negotiating with. You'd work well with the Broncos. Hmm, maybe I uh, remember when we were picking people last time and you were the gm i'm changing my mind <laughs> see right. i would be the guy who's just like yeah just give them whatever they want i like this but guy you have, yeah. them. but you have finite resources with both the salary cap and your cash budget so. yeah but antonio brown would be on my team and it would be a really fun <laughs> reality show <laughs> it would be <laughs> all right count Lockula, my 21 month old son middle name atwater so I know he'll fight this off quickly. Got pretty sick on Friday. After four hours at the ER, we were home, and we finally got him to sleep. I needed some soothing to calm my frazzled and worried nerves. Of course, I fell asleep listening to the lonely voices on the pod. I awoke, however, to the scratchy disturbance of Mace doing cornholio. Needless to say, it was startling. <laughs> but I remember but somewhere in the ether, I could hear Butthead saying, Uh, hey, Beavis, you, like, woke that dad up, huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> This comforted me. <laughs> What's the most jarring thing you find gents have woken up to? Love the count. Oh, boy. <laughs> the, well, I half woke up to um, a shooting in my apartment the other night that oh you guys gosh. learned about. Um, but I actually, this is a kind of a scary story. I just one time woke, I don't know what awoke me, but I literally woke up to myself screaming. Mm. So that was um, pretty jarring. I had a... Uh, when I was in elementary school, oh, what are they called? Night terrors. Yeah. Yep. That was, yeah, that's pretty scary. I read about this. I forget what the name of it was, but it was something like where you get like trapped. Trapped is an intense word, but you're like half awake and half still asleep. So I was like stuck in my subconscious. It was like some crazy stuff. Yep. yep. Um, in college one time, my apartment complex woke up. It was, it was very late. Definitely slept in. And, uh, Woke up to sirens, looked outside, and everywhere I was on a corner, an intersection, a pretty popular one, uh, University in Evans, mm-hmm. was totally blocked off. Cop cars like blocking the roads off like a block and a half down on each side. And it was just, it was bizarre. Looked out, it was like a couple of cops kind of close to that corner. And Can we, I guess? Yeah. Uh, the president was coming through. I wish. Oh. I wish. We opened the door. My my roommate woke up with me. We we opened our little balcony because we were on the fifth floor. I'm like, what's going on? They're like, maybe a bomb right below your apartment. <laughs> Whoa! God, and we're like, dude. you guys aren't gonna, you are not gonna <laughs> evacuate us. And they're like, ah, it's on your own will. You can leave if you want. So, yeah, we're leaving. Oh it, my god! It wasn't a bomb, but they brought in the bomb squad and everything, and they were just gonna leave us in the apartment. You're like, I'm good. <laughs> I've lived a good life to this point. Seriously. <laughs> Thanks for the little heads up, though. You ever have a dream that's just hyper real? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there was one dream that I had. It was when I was in college. I was walking through an airport terminal, 
and I see a TV, and it, for some reason, the Bucks coach at the time, the late Sam Weich, was addressing the, Jas- the Jacksonville Jaguars kickoff function on this television. And then I, I in, the, in the airport bar, and then I walk through a pair of double doors and walk outside, and I'm in space. I'm on the surface. I'm on, I'm on the outside of the Death Star from Star Wars. And I look over, and there's a bench, and there's this couple that's making out like mad. And I just glance over, and one of the and the guy says, "What the f are you looking at?" And then a Tie Fighter flies right past me and buzzes me, and I woke up like, "Ah!" <laughs> <laughs> so is it a good dream? Like, what what are we waking up to? Well, the funny uh-huh. thing is, a couple of months later. This was in college. They had a thing where they had a dream analyst coming. You could talk to, oh to the dorms and you could come and uh, <laughs> share your dreams. And I did. And I, I shared this one. And he said, man, that's messed up. <laughs> I feel like we just like took a knife and just got to look inside of Mace's brain. <laughs> yes, we did. It's pretty Actually, scary. That reminds me of another um, pretty intense thing that happened to me in which I was listening to a podcast this week. And I heard again what it was called, but I forgot the name. But essentially, like, when you're sleeping, your body releases this chemical to, like, stop you from doing what you're doing in your dreams. So you don't, so you're not moving around. Mm. And certain people, and sometimes it can just happen once, sometimes it happens to people all the time. When they wake up, the, the, um, the chemical can, like, still be in their body, which can cause hallucinations. So I think this is what happened to me. But it was right after 9-11, and I was asleep, and I heard a noise. And I woke up and looked into the corner of my room and there was a person with a gas mask oh my God. standing Whoa. in the corner of my room, like holding something above their head, like they were going to like throw it at me. And my heart, oh my God, my heart was racing so fast. So they say that like when you're going through this, you like slowly but surely kind of like come out of it. But so like I was awake and I literally like moved my feet to the edge of the bed, like got my feet off the bed and then just he kind of like came in my room and moved to like the left side of my bed. The door was on the right. So I just took off running as fast as I could, like sprinted down the stairs, sprinted into my parents' room, busted through the door and was like, there's someone in my room. There's someone in my room. There's someone in my room. My poor parents. Oh my God. Must have been so startled. So like they like, um, my mom like was calling nine one one. Yeah. And then my stepdad was like, hold on, hold on. Let me go check. So he like grabbed, I think just like a baseball bat. And went up there and came back and was like, there's nothing up there. Mm. Wow, but that's I horrifying. I was mortified. I bet. Like, my, uh, I feel, I honestly, like, now that I can, like, look back on it and I'm not feeling bad for myself, I feel so bad for my mom. I was probably, well, I was nine years old, just mortified, shaking yeah. out of my boots. And my mom's, like, you know, trying to comfort me. It was. Oh, mm. man. Yeah, that sounds pretty miserable to wow. wake up to. Yeah, so it's no crazy. I've had those two yeah. crazy experiences in my life and nothing else. Yeah, <laughs> that's wild. H-Town Bronco says, gentlemen, Rainforest Cafe is still a thing. There are plenty of them here in Texas. At least five I know in Houston. I take my daughter there all the time. The food is a hundred times better than Casa Bonita. Actually, pretty good. It's really just expensive, so I only go for her birthday and such. It's owned by, it's owned by Landry's, which owns tons of restaurants. The company is owned by Tilma Farida. Did I get that right? Who is Fertitta. Fertitta. Thank you. Who is the owner of the Houston Rockets. They own the aquarium in Denver, which I'm sure you're all aware of. Just thought I had to tell you all because you said you weren't sure if it still existed. And I was like, 
I was there three weeks ago. <laughs> Anyways, enjoy indie men. Let's make it three awesome drafts in a row. Watch out for the snakes <laughs> and other creatures that could pop out of the rainforest. Yeah, I won't be going there if they have snakes there. What is there a rainforest cafe in Indy? Oh, <laughs> let's start a new Forget trend. Saint Elmo's. Yeah, let's, let's start a new trend. Go get the personal pizza from uh, Rainforest Cafe. Oh. What is their food specialty anyway? Is it personal pizzas? I don't know. I just that's the thing I remember having the last time I was there, which must have been 15 years ago. Uh, looks, I don't think there's one in Indy. Illinois. How close is that? What part? Well, of you and I oh. used to fly into Chicago yes, and did. take the bus down <laughs> yes, here. Yes, so. we did. We can maybe pull it off. We're really living in luxury this time around. Yes, we are. Flew into Indy and everything. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next one's from LA Bronco 30. Hello, Brian, Zatch, and Vase. (laughs) (laughs) Love the pod. Been listening since before the Keenum era and subscribed in November and have been loving the online articles. Just wanted to throw my two cents in on a debate. This seems like a lot more than two cents. As a travel agent, I I have some stay on this. Do not recline your seat in an airplane. The only time that this is acceptable is if no one is behind you. Just because you have the right to do it does not mean it is right to do it. Love that. You have the right to eat a Limburger cheese kimchi asparagus fish sandwich. Hmm. What's Limburger cheese, Mace? It's a cheese that is usually considered to be especially pungent. Okay. Yeah, that would be a lot. Uh, You have the right to not shower and wear sweaty gym clothes. You have the right to just put a jacket in the overhead bin taking space where a carry-on should go. But are any of these things right? No. Doing any of these just makes you a plain a-hole that deserves retribution. I've shared this thought with many a coworker without retort. Also, I just wanted to note, despite Vase's list of what's better about being tall, there are plenty of everyday disadvantages besides uncomfortable flying. I can attest to this as a six-foot-two man. Slight flex. Public <laughs> restrooms, sometimes urinals, are so low that you have to rel- find relief awkwardly. <laughs> One might say, well, use the stall. Well, it's awkward as well. If your eyes are above the wall of the stall, you look like a total creep. (laughs) You're not that tall. (laughs) Calm down, Joe Flacco. Do you you stand (laughs) on the toilet seat? Also, the bathroom sinks. Oftentimes, you either have to hunch over to wash, sometimes causing you to get so close your shirt or pants will touch the counter. As we all know, men are savages, and that could be completely wet, thus providing you with an awkward, wet front. (laughs) (laughs) Two, speaking of sinks, doing dishes at your home or your girlfriend's home. I have come away from a session of dishes with a sore back from hunching over. Back to planes. Some plane ceilings are so low you have to duck your way through until you get to your seat. What what airline are you flying? (laughs) Might be the kind of plane I was on this morning. We're talking about a guy who's 6'2 here. (laughs) You sure you didn't mean 7'2"? He's within the normal realm of (laughs) humans. Uh, Where was I? Four. Clothes. Four clothes. Ever find a great shirt and it's just too short? Terrible. <laughs> Five cars. Ever get in a friend or girlfriend's car and look like an idiot because your knees are sticking up above the window and your head is against the ceiling? He <laughs> must be seven too. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Or you have to crook your neck and slouch just to sit. Shopping for a car and the reason you have to turn it down is because you don't fit. Awful. <laughs> just awful. Maybe this is like a subcompact car or something, not a suv or even a crossover or even a sedan he says and keep in mind i'm only six two i couldn't imagine being six five or any taller i just don't understand he's only two inches <laughs> taller than me and i've never incurred any of these problems yeah i feel like probably not even close right <laughs> no i will say my friend had a sob in high school that literally 
I'm, I'm showing them with my fingers about two inches. This is how much room there was between the front seat and the back seat. Wow. Oh. And I did hit my head on the ceiling. So but maybe he was talking about a sob. That was that was just a problem with the design of the car. Like, it needed to just be a coupe. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyways, he finishes by saying, I can't wait for the future with Drew. Keep up the great work as the best sports coverage known to man. I love sporting my VNRD hat and shirts. That sounds like a disease. <laughs> um, it does. Um... Maybe he's like five feet of legs and one foot two inches of body. And <laughs> That's just... the only way to explain it with the legs and what he's talking about. Maybe. He... Small torso, big legs. <laughs> and you know what that means? Uh, long you know strides? The... It yeah. means it's he's living in a world of suck. Oh. And next one is coming oh. in from World of Suck. It says it's draft day and you're the Detroit Lions. You're watching Roger Goodell open the envelope on stage amidst a shower of boos and announcing that the Washington Redskins have selected Chase Young with the second pick of the 2020 NFL Draft. Now Joe Burrow and Chase Young are off the board. Tua is start staring you in the face. The phone rings. On the other line is the GM of the Raiders, Colts, or Bucks. The offer on the table would require you to send Matthew Stafford away in exchange for a first-round draft pick at 12, 13, or 14 overall, depending on the team you're dealing with. You can stay the course and draft Okuda to improve the defense, or you can replace Stafford with a cost-controlled Tua and recoup a top 15 pick to continue to build your roster. You are on the clock. What do you do? I'm confused with the scenario. You have the third pick, and you're trading Matthew Stafford for number 12. So basically, you can take Tua at three and then take another position at 12. I mean, this is a no-brainer. You definitely take that deal. Yes. I'd, I'd say, hey, you really want Stafford? Let's throw on another pick. Give me a two. <laughs> of course you are, Mace. <laughs> yeah, and Mace's deal is off the table now. And Zach and I have Tua at number 12 overall. Yeah, I'm doing that. And of, of course, you're taking 12, not 13 or 14. So you get who do you get at 12? I don't know the Detroit Lions, but let's just say... You who- just got Tua and Ruggs. Oh. Woo! Or Tua and Judy? Yeah. How about that? Or Tua and Worfs or Andrew Thomas. Yep. So you got a protector, you got a target. Sign me up. Boy, that's such a Detroit Lions move to do as well. You, you get the receiver, too. I would try to get the two. Failing that, I'd settle for the one. But I... but. I'm saying, in my mind, I'm like, okay. It's a take it or leave it deal. <laughs> if you say anything in response, the deal is off the table. The only thing you can say is yes or no. I'm negotiating here. Well, then the deal but ultimately, the I'd Sorry. be satisfied with this deal, but I'm no, trying you, to get No, you lost <laughs> the deal the second you tried to negotiate. Oh, there was Pat Shermer on the TV. From Nick Scott, nothing football related today. Just wanted to hop in here and ask for some thoughts, prayers, well wishes, or whatever you believe in. I had my first police oral board interview with my dream department on Tuesday of this week, the 25th. Everything will be appreciated. Thanks, guys, and have a great day. Go we will be him, Nick. Hope giving you, you great. all the good vibes. Yeah, the big day that's uh, we'll be thinking of you as we talk to John and Vic, too. So go get them, Nick. Absolutely. Low Country Bronco. Hey, dudes. As I'm writing this, I'm preparing to grill some wings and listen to Friday's pod that I missed. The grill out is for the Wilder Fury fight. I want you guys to know I was able to find the Breck Vanilla Porter here in Aiken, South Carolina. A very patient employee helped me find it. I'm looking forward to trying it for the first time tonight. I will be saving the other five for opening day of the Combine. Thanks for all the great content. I'm pumped for y'all's Combine and draft content. Thanks so much for keeping us entertained with news from our favorite sports franchise, Low Country Bronco. Well, Low Country Bronco, it's interesting because we were just talking about how NFL Network's kind of advertising the Combine being this Thursday to Sunday 
And for us, the combine, uh, as you guys know, starts today. The the most important day in my mind is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So it's it's funny how combine's really important for the Broncos tomorrow. For like the NFL and the draft, it's important this weekend. True. I mean, because that's the on-field stuff. And it's certainly for us in media, the most important day is Tuesday because we talk to not only Vic Fangio and John Elway, but also quarterbacks, receivers, and tight ends. And last year, the players would meet the media a day before their workout. Now they're meeting the media two days before their workout. So there's a little bit more of a gap this year than last year. Um, did you guys catch the Wilder Fury fight? I, I didn't. Saw a little recap of it, though. Uh, I'm I'm not a combat sports guy. You guys missed out on a great experience. At on Saturday, we had an Avs watch party at Blake Street Tavern, and then we also pulled up the fight on a computer. So we had like the Avs on like a 90 inch screen, and then we had the fight on a nice like 13 inch screen below. <laughs> but we had everyone that wanted to watch the fight kind of crowded around it. So there's like f- 25 people crowded on this little screen, looking back and forth between the screens. I heard it lived up to it. Wow, Fury is a freak. Yes. I, I, I don't pay attention to combat sports very closely. So, like, just when they fight, I see it, and I'm like, this guy, he's he's the Nikola Jokic of boxing. <laughs> yep. Yep, that's a good way to put it. Crabtree's <laughs> Chain comes in and says, two quick Soysher stories. Oh, boy. He coached our rival baseball team in Little League. Their name was, you guessed it, the mighty bobbleheads. Sorry, Mace. Like uh, Drew, most okay. of the players were short. <laughs> so by 14 or so, we crushed them every time we played. Hey, short does not mean you can't play sports. One of those games, we went back to back to back dingers, and the kid pitching started to cry. Jeez. My coach, who was admittedly a jerk, started screaming, take advantage of it, which caused Drew to sprint out of the dugout and get in his grill. Like a chihuahua. A chihuahua. Chihuahua. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> From the man who bought who brought you Chipotle, <laughs> we get chihuahua. Oh man, I thought he misspelled Chihuahua, so I was just trying to make up. <laughs> so wait, what is it? It is Chihuahua. Chihuahua. That's how you spell it. What did I say? Chihuahua. chihuahua. No, ch- no. What are those things? Those small things, small animals. They have them in classrooms sometimes. Oh, chinchilla? Chinchilla, chinchilla. yeah. <laughs> so I was looking for the L in the word, and I didn't see it. So I, uh, <laughs> looking like a, I can't even. A chihuahua. A chihuahua fighting a, fighting a mastiff. The other story is I had his number saved in my phone from when I shadowed him for a day at Nine News. Coincidentally, the guy who brought me, who bought me alcohol, family friend, when I was 17 was also named Drew. I sent a joking text reading, buy me booze or I'll kick your, and it went to Mr. Soysher. Thankfully, he was able to laugh it off. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That is hilarious. I want to know what he responded. I know, me too. Give us the follow-up, Crabtree. I mean, just an LOL if he laughed it off. <laughs> I don't know. I think you'd probably be like, who is this at first? I would think so. (laughs) On the Logan. Hey, guys. As a Bronco fan on the younger side, can you explain the history of the Broncos and Seattle? I'm assuming it's not just playing them in the Super Bowl. They were in the same division. Yep. From 70, what? From 77 to 2001, right? I think it was 77 to 2001. Okay. I think I think it was seventy seven <laughs> to two thousand and one. Although uh, in seventy seven, 
they didn't they would have only played each other once because Seattle that year played every AFC team once. I was I was gonna plus Tampa took Bay, the words out their of my expansion mouth. brothers. How? Why? Well, what they did with Seattle and Tampa Bay their first two years, Seattle started life in the AF or Seattle started life in the NFC, Tampa Bay and AFC. And so the first year there were there was fourteen game schedules back then. So you played every other team in your conference once plus the other expansion team. So the point was that Seattle and Tampa Bay would play every team over two years. And then they settled in to the AFC West in 78 with a twice-a-year schedule against division opponents. That's so, pretty interesting. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that is. Second, what are your guys' thoughts on the giving yourself up rule? For me, I think this is ridiculous as it causes more confusion and controversy than is needed. What is so hard about touching a guy down? Another example of this would be the Texans Chiefs playoff game where the player threw the ball on the kickoff or Peyton falling against the Steelers. I just think it 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 takes away the thought of like, oh, you need to co- go in hard on this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, if you see him giving himself up, then you don't need to touch them or hit them or anything. I just think it has to be very obvious that you're giving yourself up. And I think if if, if a quarterback waits too long, I don't think the defender should be penalized for hitting them. Uh, the the whole point of giving yourself up is is staying safe, but that should come at a little bit of a discount. And that discount is you don't get the extra two yards. Yeah, I've always thought there should be a counter rule, which is, I don't know how it would work with quarterbacks, but like if you fair catch too late and you get hit, I think you should honestly be penalized. Right. Because um, you put the other players at danger by having to hit you um, when you should have called the fair catch earlier. So maybe there's something that like, or like if a quarterback like looks like they're running out of bounds and then stops, right. like that should be against the rules. Right. I agree. I agree. Lastly, in honor of the combine, let me remind everyone to not wear loose boxers when running the 40. This is so you don't end up accidentally showing your family jewels on NFL network. Like our dream free agent, Chris Jones. Thanks guys. and Have a great week. <laughs> Might've been good advertising for him. <laughs> you hope it was good. Well, they say you got to leave it all out there. Oh, wow. <laughs> From Bristol Bronco fan. Hey, guys, just wanted to ask a quick one. Living in the UK, it can be difficult to watch American sports, so I've only become a fan of the NFL and Broncos over the past four years. I'm now having to struggle with NFL withdrawal syndrome from not watching the game. What is the best American sport to start following to get me through the offseason? Also, which team should I support? For me, it's got to be hockey and the Avalanche because the Avalanche have the best chance of winning a championship. You might as well stay a... Colorado sports fan since you've already begun with the Broncos. The Nuggets would be another great choice. They're really fun to watch, but the NBA just doesn't have quite as much parity once you get to the uh, the playoffs. So I would say, come on, come on and ride the abs. And I think it also depends what kind of sport do you like? Do you want sport that's more physical or do you want something that's more? Well, he's a football uh, guy. Yeah. Well, that's why if you're a football guy, you might be more inclined to go with say hockey. And I think that, that the abs and would be a good choice. Has the, um, soccer thing going for it, where it takes a lot of beautiful build to score mm-hmm. a goal, and when you do score a goal, it's an it's a huge outpouring of of emotion. Gosh, but there's just something to baseball. Mm. You know, it just smells like spring, tastes like summer, just all the time. And if you're gonna do that, join the Colorado Rockies. Don't don't listen to Zach. <laughs> it's just not a good time right now for the Rockies. I That's know. the problem. Every other team has a way better case. I mean, the Rockies are in turmoil, and the season hasn't even started. Yeah, like it, the Rockies. Being a Rockies fan is rough right now. But how excited are you for one month for the season to be starting? 
I'm excited. I'm always excited about baseball. And I just pray that all I ever ask of the Rockies is to give me meaningful baseball as long as they possibly can. The worst is when they're they're dead to rights in June. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, what the heck am I supposed to watch the rest of the summer? It's I almost, just, just get me to training camp. Yeah. That's Playing ex- meaningful that, yeah. baseball. Exactly what I was going to say. It feels like in the Denver sports culture, the goal of the Rockies is to get the get the Denver sports fans to training camp. Yeah. It's, it's really sad that that's what we yeah. that's the way we look at it. And I'm sure some Rockies people would take serious exception to us saying that. But that's just the way I look at it. I, I it's not that I don't want more. I want them to go to the playoffs, compete for the World Series, all that. But I'm my fear is that they're out of it before it even gets started and then I have nothing to watch also. That that said though, in my years in Denver, there was nothing as electric for the community as when the Rockies were on their run in October of 2007. Rock the, mm. the, the Broncos, two runs to the Super Bowl in the last decade, they didn't capture everything. It's because it didn't have the Cinderella effect. Right. And it was, it was every night. Yes. Every single and it kind night. Of, remember, it started to build like the last couple of weeks of the regular season yep, when yep. all of a sudden they were out of it. And then, oh, there's a shot. And everyone starts kind of getting sucked in night after night. And then you have the one-game playoff against the Padres. Matt Holiday didn't touch home, but they still won. <laughs> yes, and then, yes, he did. <laughs> and then they go on to Philly and get a couple of wins to start that series, and it's just off Sweet. and rolling. There's never been anything like that in my experience living in Denver. I was at Game 162, not Game 163. That was one of the coolest things because it was before smartphones were big. And... People like only like maybe one out of 25 people had a phone where you could get scores. So like one guy in each section would just be like, cause the, the, the Rockies needed the Brewers to beat the Padres. Mm-hmm. And like some some guy would be like, Brewers up three, two. And like, everyone would be like yeah. And then you like across the stadium, you'd hear another place like cheer. The time really cool. The and time where the scoreboard yeah, they in, would in the outfield yeah. actually like, was relevant and, and people yeah. looked at that. Weren't the Mets involved as well, but they played earlier and they were getting hammered. Yeah. 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 I just remember they would update that score on the uh, mechanical scoreboard and then they'd like zoom in on it on the big screen and everyone would go crazy. What I, what I remember uh, about things like that was the Broncos, I believe played the Colts on a Sunday. Maybe it was the week before, like the last week of the season. And uh, probably the only time in my life, where I was more concerned about the Rockies game. And I think Denver really was too. Maybe it was 162. Maybe that was the day. I don't remember exactly how it lined up, but Denver was more concerned with the Rockies game than with the Broncos game. Pretty crazy. And the Broncos, they were in Indianapolis where we are right now, and they were getting absolutely curb stomped by the by Peyton Manning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> From Lady Katie Powell. Hey, guys. CeeDee Lamb was probably my favorite player to watch in college football last year. Judy probably won't be there at 15. Ruggs has incredible speed, but Lamb is so elusive and exciting to watch. I can't imagine Lamb getting to 15 either, requiring him to get by Cliff and the Cardinals, so it almost makes me sad to see his highlights. But just for fun, do you think Lamb or Ruggs would be a more ideal fit for the Broncos? Thanks, and hope you all had a great weekend. Man, Lady Katie Powell, thanks. I hope you had a great weekend, too. I just have such a man crush on, on Henry Ruggs. So I'm going to have to choose him. Uh, and, and the reason why I'll say he also is a better fit is because you need 
if you have incredible speed, you know, along with being a pretty complete receiver, which Henry Ruggs is, that is a beautiful compliment to Cortland Sutton. And, and, and CeeDee Lamb certainly has speed as well. But if you just get that, you know, once every couple drafts speed on the other side, oh man, that's going to be a nightmare. For but teams. it'll be interesting because CeeDee Lamb, of course, he uh, checked in at, at 6'1 and 5'8". Uh, he has a larger wingspan than Henry Ruggs, uh, longer arms. Ruggs has the hand size in his favor, but if they're comparable on the 40, there may be teams that uh, uh, look at also look at the fact that CeeDee Lamb was a wide receiver one in Oklahoma and Ruggs was, you know, had Jerry Judy as a teammate at Alabama and may go with Lamb over Henry Ruggs if the, if the 40 times are reasonably comparable. I have been combing through Ruggs tape over the last couple weeks and I'm legitimately convinced he could have caught for 2,000 yards if he was throwing the ball every time he was open. Yep. I, he's open on almost every play. Like, I, I almost feel bad for Tua. He has to choose between which guy's the most open every time, <laughs> and some other guy's probably going to be pissed off. Um, it's incredible how often he is open. They, like, I mean, they just run four verts so much, but, like, you just, there's so many plays where Judy and Ruggs are just, like, running free down the sidelines and two is just like eh, judy it's just it's unbelievable so i, I do like cd lamb i think he's a really electric player but if i had to choose i would go rugs so couldn't that actually be you know how a lot of people say ah you don't draft an alabama player because they just had so much other talent around him well that's kind of the counter to that is what could have Henry Ruggs done if he was the only receiver there? Because people hit him for being the number two. What if he was the only one there? So it is fascinating to to look at it like that, Ryan. Next one's from 219 Bronco. He says, hey, guys, starting listening in the, started listening in the preseason and just now subscribe. Got him. We got him. Got and him. quickly, a recommendation to all of you who have not subscribed to come join us on thednvr.com. You can go to thednvr.com slash subscribe and become a member you're going to get a shirt when you become a member you're going to get all of our premium content behind the paywall you're going to just take another step in your uh in, in terms of what level of this family uh, you're a member of we love everyone who listens to this podcast but we'd really love if you showed your support and became a member you can be a monthly member and start for as little as 50 cents you won't get a shirt in that case um but uh, we'd really love for you to come support us. And, and you are the ones who allow us to do things like coming here to the combine and, and digging for information as we will be throughout the week. If you guys roll with us on the, on the pod, you're giving us a promise ring. Let's take that next step. Give us the engagement ring. And once you give us that engagement ring, I promise you that we'll make sure our teeth are clean for the wedding because we'll be checking out the green mountain <laughs> dental group out in Lakewood. Very, very close. So when you guys come and get married to us, we'll stop by j just a quick drive from downtown out to Lakewood. And we'll talk some Colorado sports when we're getting our teeth cleaned by green mountain dental. And the best part of it is they give you a free Sonicare when you take care of your teeth, all you have to do is schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, and they'll give you a free Sonicare. So make sure you check them out. Make sure you tell them DNVR sent you. That's Green Mountain Dental. All right. That was beautiful, by the way, yes. Zach. Great yeah. job, Thanks, Zach. Thank you, Mace. Uh, 219 Bronco goes on. Thanks, y'all. I learned about the damn good beer over at Breck Brew and was able to try the vanilla porter out here in Valparaiso, Indiana. 
Anyways, to my Broncos question, what do y'all think is going to happen with Will Parks? Love to see him back next year. Thanks, guys. Wait, really quick, Mace, before you answer. Would you like Will Parks back? I'd love Will Parks back. Ryan, would you like Will Parks back? I'd love Will Parks back. Zach, would you like Will Parks back? I'd love Will Parks back. Now that we got that out of the way. <laughs> now, Mace, do you think Will Parks will be back? No, I think he's this year's Shaq Barrett. He's Zach, going to take- do you think Will Parks <laughs> will be back? No. Ryan, do you think Will Parks will be back? No. He's taking the starting gig elsewhere, just like Shaq Barrett last year. And Good for him. we'll miss him. Yeah, we will, but he's going... He's just going to outprice himself for the Broncos, and he's also going to outroll himself for the Broncos. Right. But we're happy for him personally out- if he ends up oh, with a like big contract. His role? Like roll. R-O-L-E. Not, yeah. not roll the dice. I was very confused there for a second. I don't know. I got, I got what you were saying. <laughs> Thanks, Mace. Yeah. By the Have way, speaking of, speaking of rolling the dice, Mace, did you know that there were casinos out here in Indianapolis? Like in the city? I think so. I highly doubt that. I saw a commercial for... Harrah's. Harrah's, not Harrah's. In Indianapolis or like over on some river somewhere? It was in the airport. Oh. Okay. So Is a- there a canal in downtown Indianapolis? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they kept showing a picture. I've never there's seen a, there's it. A, there's a walking trail on the White River. Oh, that's a river, huh? Yeah. All right. Interesting. Learn something new every but day. But the water is blue. We got to find out where this Harris is. <laughs> we go do play some pie gal. I don't know. I mean, is it around here? Or is it all the way down, like toward the Ohio River on the river? That's all I in saw. Southern Indiana. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Dan Burke says, Mace, you mentioned this on the draft pod, but I was wondering if you could go into more detail. We know that the Broncos and 49ers will always be potential trade partners because of how close Elway and John Lynch are, and the Broncos are unlikely to deal with the Jets, but are there any other GMs and execs that Elway has a positive relationship with or bad blood with? Not really bad blood with anybody. In fact, the Broncos have a reputation around the league in terms of trade as being one of the fairer teams to deal with. Yeah. And one of the more willing teams to make a deal that is mutually beneficial. Has John Elway made a deal with an AFC West team? How did they get Sean Phillips back in the day? Was that free agency? That was free agency. Actually, what happened with Sean Phillips, the 2013 draft, they picked Sylvester Williams and not an edge rusher as a lot of people thought they would. And so Sean Phillips was in the building the next day. And he had a heck of a season. Yeah, they got one good season out of him. Yep. Yep. Ten sacks. Next one's from Larry Den Jr. Kobe gets celebrated and memorialized in my city of L.A. in the Staples Center, and he played four four blocks up the street from me at the Forum for three years when I was a kid. The best lesson Kobe is teaching to me is to give roses now because you never know. Thank you, Ryan, Mason, Zach. You do a phenomenal job, not only writing, and I always try and pick your voices out of press conference, but you do a great job reporting. I listen every day, especially since Mace joined. Because before, I'd have to listen to two different podcasts. But now you're all together on one, and I'm so grateful for you guys. Felt in honor, Kobe taking too soon. I needed to express my brat- gratitude for you gentlemen and su- and what you supply in my life. Now, sorry, this is going to go long. But Broncos fans need to stop reading terrible Broncos fan pages and start following real Broncos sources and writers and stop with the hysteria, LOL, because Mace, get ready. 75% of these rumors are BS. Honestly, no, we don't want to trade up uh, and pay. No, we don't want to trade and pay Stefan Diggs. That's so dumb. And Darius Slay is 30. So no, we don't want to tr- trade and pay him. 
I like Slay. But, bro, I'm not going to trade for you and pay you. <laughs> no, we're not looking at Teddy Bridgewater. Here's the biggest one for people annoying me about. I don't know who the hell is reporting this, but if Elway signs or pays Amari Cooper in the offseason to a big contract, I want Elway fired the next day. These wow. rumors make no sense, and Broncos fans got to stop with the Instagram reporting. It's horrendous. I'm going to be honest. Only three rumors have made sense. Prince of Mukamara needs to happen immediately. Yeah, I'm the one who started that. Paul Richardson and Byron Jones, of course. And I'm down for chopping up money for the D-line with Wolf and Michael Pierce and drafting a few players, but Bronco fans, stop. We're not making moves just for moves' sake. That's so dumb. Thanks, guys. I don't know how people can listen to you every day and ask these dumb questions over and over because some fake source who's probably 16 took a tweet out of context. SMH, LOL, it's ridiculous. And remember, that's Larry Den Jr., not Ryan Koningsberg <laughs> talking to you guys. But, man, Larry, we absolutely love you. We love the passion you bring. We love that you love us, and we love you because we love you. <laughs> and honestly, although I, I understand why it might frustrate him, we welcome all questions. If you hear something that... Seems weird. Some 16-year-old reported it on Instagram. That's what we're here for. Come to us. We'll let you know what's up. But I swear to God, if you <laughs> ask. <laughs> now, now. By the way, I don't mind trading and paying for Stefan Diggs or Darius Slay. It's not a plan A for me, but I'm down for it. What are you willing to give up for Stefan Diggs? A second. A second, and what are you paying him? 15, I think, is his contract. For, I think he has three more years on it. Sure. Yeah. 15 and really even in this deep wide receiver class i'm i'm not because of the deep wide receiver class yeah i mean that's it's a nice um reason to not have to go through with the deal if you don't get it on the terms that you want and here oh mace loves that so here's here's the benefit of that (laughs) is you aren't gambling because at 15 do you know the broncos are absolutely getting a player um, just right now, like you don't know if Judy's going to fall there, but if, if you trade a second rounder, you know, you're getting a player in Stefan Diggs. So there is, that's the upside to it is, you know, you're getting a baller, but oh, you're, a you're getting a baller, you're getting mm-hmm. a baller, you're getting someone who's further down the road. Are you worried about a headache? Though. What? Are you worried about a headache from him? Slightly. No, Drew will get him the rock. <laughs> next one coming in from samuel bisu hey guys do you think chris gets a better deal than the broncos offered in season and from who nope no. so what was that deal it was essentially two years 24 million three for 36 two for 24 guaranteed yeah he's not getting better than that 12 mil- i don't think so either i agree i think he ends up having to settle for three for 33 I s- 22 yep. guaranteed yep Yep, I like $11 million a year. Two, where do you think Will Parks ends up? I hate losing him, but he deserves to go where a team to, where he can start. He is one of my favorite players. For some reason, I just see him going to the Bucks. I don't know why. Interesting. Join because they had such good luck with Shaq? Maybe. Yeah, potentially. I think he'd do well with Todd Bowles. What about Philadelphia? Do they need a safety? <sighs> Malcolm Jenkins, I think, is a free agent. Man, wouldn't he be fun there? So I'd fun. love to see that. Three from Mr. B. Four, have you heard anything about Bosby's injury? Do you think he will come back next year? I hope you have a blast in Indy. Everything I've heard is that he's on schedule for a return. Yeah, I mean, again. like in OTAs, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So he's doing he's doing as well as they could have expected. So Nick Geyer, 813. Hey, dudes. I don't think my question got answered last week, so if you did, please feel free to skip. Hey, everyone. Have a great weekend and be positive. Broncos question. What does it mean when you talk, guys talk about sub-packages and how that affects the roster? 
non-Broncos question. What are some fiction books you guys have read recently or ever that you might recommend? Since me and my ex split, I've had so much time and I've been reading and working out a bunch. Thanks, friends. Hope I see you guys soon to watch party. Hope to see you soon, too. Yeah. I don't know how to read, so I'll be no help here. <laughs> I've actually, the last year or so, been going through Ernest Hemingway's catalog. So, so quite much. a difference on one side. <laughs> <laughs> I can't read, so I don't read. And Ernest Hemingway's catalog. <laughs> well, he had a real kind of punchy, uh, punchy get-to-the-point style, and it's something that I'm trying to uh, do more in my writing is kind of I want to kind of consolidate and kind of get right to the point more than I have he definitely was having some punch yes <laughs> um I don't read either but I do listen so audiobooks but not I'm nonfiction. I'm a nonfiction right. guy I go for political thrillers why did <laughs> my girlfriend makes fun of me for that <laughs> what well, so like you loved house of cards yeah yeah but loved that's house of cards Oh, yeah, of course. I meant fiction. Okay. Yes, yes. All right. All right. I was just going to talk about how confusing <laughs> that is. It's so confusing. Uh, but my teacher explained it to me when I was in third grade, and I go back to it every time, but I still have to go through it in my head. Okay, take me through just it. Just imagine the word fiction is the word fake. So nonfiction means not fake. Okay. I like that. So fiction, fake. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so definitely. I All like right. fiction. Uh, read Tom Clancy books. Okay. I'm trying to think of the... Have you heard of um, this book? It's called Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Did uh, either of you ever go to like the midnight release parties for that? No. Uh, the book or the movies? Either. I just happened to be on Pearl Street one time, and there was like a really big bookstore there, and there were all these people in line, and I had no idea what was going on. There's like everyone was dressed up, and it was really cool, but I was not participating. And then you got one, and you're like, "What is this?" And they're like, "Harry Potter." And you're like, "No, like, what is this form it's in?" <laughs> What what do you do with this? Why doesn't it light up when you open it? It's a book, Ryan. And so and the other thing, uh, the Broncos question, sub packages and how it affects the roster. Well, consider this. The Broncos on defense, they are a base, what they call a base three force. So that is kind of your default alignment. A sub package is when you go away from that. So when you insert a fifth defensive back and take out usually a defensive lineman, that's a sub that is a nickel they call it nickel because five defensive backs kind of like five cents that's a sub package and that's why your number three cornerback who goes in in the nickel he's so important because you're playing most of your snaps with at least five defensive backs so you could argue that your fifth defensive back is more important than say your nose tackle the current iteration of all these defenses aren't really what they were meant to be when they were designed like the broncos don't really run a uh a three four they almost hardly ever are in a in a true three four and usually they're two of their four linebackers i'm putting in air quotes are on the line anyway so really it's more of like a five two than anything right it it really shouldn't be called the sub package because now it's a main package yeah i mean when when, when you're in the sub package more than significantly more than 50 percent of the time it's not really your sub package, but that's what it's called. Next one from Vilka Dan. Good day, gents. I have a suggestion for the NFLPA's return serve to the owner's CBA ideas. A 17-game season, including two bye weeks to let players recuperate with no change to the current playoff format. Players continue earning their regular paychecks during the postseason with the amounts they currently make in those games added to their game checks as a bonus for making the postseason. 
This would help move the players toward a 50-50 split in revenue they are seeking, with an expansion of the cap making up the rest. I would also cap any player's salary to an agreed-upon percentage of the team's overall payroll to prevent quarterbacks or a Vaughn-type player from taking a disproportionate piece of the pie. I like the idea of expanding the roster game day eligibles and practice squad members by two or three players. I also support increasing the number of players that can return from IR during the season and, as a non-negotiable, lifetime health care, retroactive for retired players. Does this sound reasonable to you guys? If not, why? I'm surprised the players did not push for more in terms of the health care for life. Mm-hmm. That was one thing that I thought might be a smart thing uh, for them to do, although there are some increased benefits in terms of health care, in terms of money that will be available for retired players. So there is some moving of the needle in that regard. Uh, Vilka Dan, this is definitely a great plan for the NFLPA. This is not, I mean, you, outside of the 17-game season, which is a win for the owners, you didn't mention anything that the owners would like in here. So I think it's a, a good uh, counter for the NFLPA because it, it favors them so much, but I think the owners would just laugh in their face over this. So I like where you're coming from, from the NFLPA side. It just won't get a deal done. He goes on and says, one other thing. I wonder if Fangio looked at the coaching carousel the Broncos have endured the last few years and decided sending his assistants to what sounds like a job fair for coaches wasn't the best way to go. Let them attend pro days for the getting to know you phase of player evaluations. If you're attending a pro day to scout a wide receiver, corner, etc., send that position coach to the event so they can talk to the prospect then for all you do this brex for you ciao fam thanks man well done. we appreciate it moving on yes okay. yep. from kinnick under the lights long time listener first time commenter but friend of the pod friend of the pod indeed name a draft prospect you believe is somewhat overrated by the media in terms of consensus rating that can make a slide down the draft come april and name a prospect who is currently not considered a viable candidate at the broncos for 15 but come April, we'll be near the top of the Broncos' options when officially on the clock. Ryan cannot use Visca. Okay, Ha-ha. I'm going to use this uh, guy. He actually clocked in a little undersized today. Uh, has some medical issues. I'm going to go with LaVisca Chenault. What is it? He's your answer for overrated or underrated? Um, uh, Underrated. Okay, good. Actually, I mm-hmm. no, I don't think so. I, I think he's kind of going to... I think he's going to fall a bit just because of the things we talked about. I do too. Um, but I, I think he's going to overachieve for whatever team he ends up with. I wouldn't argue against that. Overrated by the media in terms of consensus rankings for me is uh, Josh Jones. Is that his name? The tackle out of Houston? Yeah, Mel Kuyper Jr. Out. had him mocked to the Broncos at 15. Yeah, that's a little too high for my taste. Um, although I am intrigued by his athleticism. That's also... I don't know. I mean, really quick, they just had um, on the on the bottom of NFL Network. Um, I think Bucky Brooks is. They're going position by position, top five. They had Josh Jones as the fifth best tackle in this draft. Yeah. If you're taking the fifth best tackle at fifteen, give me a break. So that's my overrated guy. Although I I wouldn't mind him in the second round um, because I do think he has some raw tools. My underrated guy who is not being mocked that high right now, but actually could be a, an option at 15 would be Jalen Rager. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, Jalen Rager definitely 
He's underrated. I think um, I'm going to go back to my guy, Tyler Biotish. I think people are sleeping on him a little bit. You're seeing uh, some mocks that even have him going as late as round as round three. Some people are doing the uh, draft network draft simulator, and he's dropping into late in round three. Three, but he's a potential ten year starter who be very happy picking in round two. Yep. Next one coming in from BC Bronco. For, time for an off-topic, off-season question for y'all that I heard asked on another pod I listened to. Figured it could fit in that off-season banter we love. How did the person who created time know what time was? Cheers, gents. Again, thanks for all you do. How did the person who created time know what time was? I don't, I don't know. know. I think there just must have been a clock on his wall or something. That's <laughs> no. how he knew. I mean, I, this is too. <laughs> this is too, too deep, deep for me. I'm, I'm reading something right now about the brief history of clocks and calendars, and uh, mechanical clocks weren't invented until the 13th century, according to this. Mechanical clocks were around that long. Yeah, well, they could use things like uh, you know, you, you could you didn't hit like electricity or anything like that. You did just maybe, a battery. A you ever have an old cuckoo clock? And it was just like you you pull the you, you pull the you make sure you've got all the <laughs> chains pulled so it would run one. and then once uh, the chain started kind of had run out you kind of pulled it back it was sort of like one of those like speak and say kind of things where you pull the cord a little bit yeah so. oh boy I'm happy I didn't live back then yes uh yeah I don't know how uh, the you tw- hurt my head the twelve month calendar according to this uh, was introduced by Julius Caesar in forty five B C. Okay. Yeah. So he also invented the Caesar salad. <laughs> From Tater Ta- Tom, who's your? What is your favorite? Ooh, I like who more. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite snack to munch on while at work? Munch being an important <laughs> word there. <laughs> oh boy. No. Uh, I love it when the Broncos have good desserts in the press box. Oh, you yeah. know to munch on that. Yep, that is. <laughs> that's a. Uh, what's the best dessert they've had? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Cook- the cookies. Yeah, I was peanut say butter cookies. cookies are the best ones. Uh, I don't like a peanut butter cookie, and I, I love peanut oh, butter. Yeah, maybe if it was peanut butter chocolate chip, I could get more on board. Okay. Do you guys like oatmeal raisin cookies? Eh, yeah, neutral. I really like them. <laughs> <laughs> I can take or leave them. Uh, I think they're good. They're not like the best it's not a hall of fame cookie what's well, a hall it's of a fame cookie Ooh, cookie. a soft snickerdoodle it's no, hard to beat uh, the hall of fame cookie is like uh is m&ms and chocolate chips both in the cookie yes chocolate warm chocolate chip cookies are pretty hard to beat yeah because the uh when that chocolate chip just melts on your tongue mm. 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 Uh, that's not really a snack to munch on at work i always <laughs> keep uh a, a jar of peanut butter at my desk, and then I, I like to bring in some celery. Yeah, it's a nice little work snack for me. Chips and salsa. I wish I had cel. I wish I liked celery. I also do carrot sticks. Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, you guys took them out at both out of my mouth. What do you call it? Like bumps on a log or uh, something? Ants on a log. Ants on a log. Where celery, cream cheese? No, no, celery, peanut butter, and raisins. Oh, peanut butter. I would always do uh. cream cheese and raisins. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> I think. <laughs> Doing it all wrong. Except all I don't wrong. think I ever did raisins on there. So raisins are only celery and cream cheese. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think it's not as good of a source of protein, but 
Yeah, you're right. Similar, though. It is. From Sir James Radio, the last one here. Poof. <laughs> Genie Sir James has appeared, and I'm here to grant DNVR three wishes for the Denver Broncos in 2020. Wow, this is amazing. The catch, you ask? The wish must pertain to a single player, and you cannot pick the same one twice. You each get one wish apiece. Make it count. Drew Locke playing at a league MVP level. Hmm. We're well, talking about wishes. Uh, I'm not going to be able to Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So Drew Locke's playing. Let's be smart about this. Drew Locke's playing at a league MVP level. So I don't really think the offense needs any more help. Um, Von Miller has his best season yet. Wow. Okay. I will finish this off by saying... Vic Fangio gets the power of immaculate co- uh, game day management. Ooh. What's his team's record if all three of those happen? Like 14 14 2. Two. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> At worst. Yeah. Number Holy one cow. seed, home field advantage. Yep. So we've got the MVP of the league, the defensive player of the year, <laughs> yeah. and probably the coach, and the coach of, the of the year. Yeah, that'll, that'll get you a long ways. Has has it ever happened where you've had an MVP and a defensive player of the year on the same team? I'm sure. Hmm. I don't know. Let's look that up. I don't. Yes, I don't know that off the top. I of mean, my head, so. having the MVP <laughs> on the offense can only help the defense, you know. Right, especially for a pass rusher. Yeah. Interesting. That was fun. That I think we fun. just won the Broncos yeah. a Super Bowl. <laughs> so I would say that our work here is done today. <laughs> literally, it is quite literally done. That was the last comment there. We've got a fun night ahead of us tonight. Tomorrow is when re- things will really heat up on the podcast because not only will we have tonight to discuss, but we will have John Elway and Vic Fangio pressers to discuss. Of course, a new episode of The Bachelor tonight, which we might try to get Mace to watch. Uh, so, uh, I mean, uh, just a night full of important things for the podcast. Tonight. Oh, it's going to be fun. <laughs> Uh, but before we go, we want to give a shout out to Davidson's. They have two locations in Centennial and Highlands Ranch. They're locally owned and they have a massive selection to carry out your personal favorite Breck brews. Uh, and they offer delivery directly to your door. Download their app today for incredible deals and sign up for their loyalty program. If you're really lazy, you can get the booze delivered right to you. So make sure you check out the Davidson's app today and check them out. We appreciate you all for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast from the Combine in Indy.